We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You want to go. Yes, go travel, go explore, go find a new city, go reconnect with friends, go have fun. That's why we created OnGo, the trusted rapid COVID-19 self-test. OnGo gives you accurate COVID test results and peace of mind in just minutes. So anywhere you go, you know. You'll know if you're COVID-19 free and you'll know you're protecting loved ones. OnGo is readily available at letsongo.com, Amazon, Walgreens, or walmart.com. Use promo code ONGO15 for 15% off at letsongo.com today. Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name, and we're still here. Garage Beers! This week on the Garage Beers Podcast, it is episode 60, and we have joining us on the podcast this week, one of the newest members of the Cleveland Browns, Troy Hill is joining the podcast. He's going to talk about growing up in Northeast Ohio and what it means to him to be joining the Cleveland Browns. Plus, we're going to talk a lot about what happened on the show last week. We've got some Indian stuff to cover. So come on up the driveway, break out your favorite lawn chair, crack open your favorite cold one, and join us for Garage Beer. Welcome in, everybody, to episode 60 of the Garage Beers podcast. Go find the show at The Garage Beers on Twitter and Instagram. You can also find us on Facebook, on TikTok. We do our our game recaps on TikTok we have a lot of fun with. And also our YouTube channel. You want to go find us on YouTube. Uh, We're going to post the videos of our interviews there. um, And we've already got a few on there. So go check that out. As always, the Garage Beers podcast is brought to you on the Belly Up Sports podcast network. Go check out Belly Up Sports. Uh, You can find them on all the socials. And check out some of the other podcasts that are on the Belly Up Sports podcast network. There's some podcasts on there doing some really cool things with us. So check them out as well. With you, as always, I'm your host, Michael Keefe. You can find me at Garage Beers Mike online on Twitter. Uh, and down in Nashville, Tennessee, my first co-host to be introduced on this podcast, Joey Whalen at Garage Beers. Joe, what's up, Joe? What's going on, man? Uh, what's up, dude? Dude. <laughs> uh, <laughs> my basement <laughs> flooded. <laughs> oh, it sucks. I was I was about to take a call for work on Tuesday, and I just heard a rush of water uh, fill my downstairs basement bathroom. And uh, I 
quickly control the situation with uh, some buckets. Uh, and it, I, I think it was mostly water. Uh, it did come <laughs> from the sewer. Um, but it didn't smell like the shit. I don't know. Uh, but anyways, yeah, my my sewer drains just completely collapsed at my house. I don't know how it happened. I have an idea how it happened. Not my fault. Um, but we're just we're here. We're in a hotel now, I guess, uh, for the foreseeable future. Uh, it's great. I got my ninety pound golden doodle on a queen bed right now in the hotel, and uh, uh, you know we're living life. Did did they build your place on like a pet cemetery? Ooh, God, I hope not. Because like sinkholes and like collapsing sewage pipes yeah. and and shit and literal shit. Yeah, literal shit. literal shit. Well, we're thinking that when they repaired the hole a couple weeks ago, that that's when they collapsed the drain line. Uh, so yeah, that's, you know, that brings us here. Uh, I'm not scrambled or discombobulated <laughs> at all. It's been a completely smooth past 24 hours and uh, I'm ready to do a podcast. Let's do it. Listen, I think Chad, I think we should start a prop bet system on the garage beers. We'll call it the garage beers prop bets. Uh, yeah. what, by what number episode does Joe come on and tell us that he is moving to a new place? <laughs> 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 like Jesus over God. under episode 68. I, I'm not. I'm not sure how worse, much worse it can get than your basement filling with shit. But not much. But I. I, I mean, that, that would that would get me to move. Yeah. Like all, all the the only thing left really is my house collapsed into its own sinkhole. I mean, I, I guess that's really the only thing left, which will force you to move. By but what episode? It. Episode sixty-three. Joe's house gets swallowed by a black hole. You know, it's funny. It's like it's like last year. Everybody had like the twenty twenty like bingo, quote unquote bingo, where it's just like, what else could go wrong? And it's just like <laughs> shit going wrong in twenty twenty. Well, twenty twenty one is all about shit going wrong with Joe's house. So, um, if you got house falling into sinkhole, uh, let me know. It might come up soon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you already heard his voice as Joe is just thriving and surviving in a just a beautiful hotel down there. Definitely doing one of those. <laughs> <laughs> you heard his voice already. Our other co-host, Chad Meyer on the east side of Cleveland. Go find him at Garage Beers. Chad. Chad, what's up? Hi. Hi. Hi, Mike and Joey. <laughs> uh, I don't know how to tell everybody this, but um, we're kind of a big deal. Oh, <laughs> People, people know us. No, I'm totally kidding. But man, oh man, guys, what, what a last few days it's been. Huh? Uh, not only for the show, but like in the hockey world. Just, just watching this whole thing blow up from 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 last week's episode. I, I, I didn't expect it at all. You know, you know, when when Joey posted that clip of of, of Brandon of Dubinsky saying that, I was like, oh, that's awesome. That's so funny. But never in a million years did I think. It was going to get the attention it got, and boy, did it get the uh, some attention! And it had all had our show name on it. So uh, we had a we had a nice little past few days, boys. It was, you know, it was, it, it was a very crazy. It feels like to me, guys, it feels like we haven't podcast like recorded an episode. Like we recorded that episode a week ago. It feels yeah. like it's been a month, <laughs> yeah, because of everything going on. Uh, right, it just. Uh, listen, it didn't take off. We don't want to make it sound too crazy. Like it wasn't like millions, of, but like if you missed it, go listen to last week's episode. Uh, Brandon Dubinsky uh, was an amazing guest. We had a great time with him. 
Uh, we've yeah. actually talked to him a little bit since then, and and he's having a lot of fun with this too. But he made a comment about Sidney Crosby, and really what he was saying, he basically got into comparing Sidney Crosby and Alexander Ovechkin, and he said, fuck Sid, I'll take OV all day, basically. Yeah. What he said. And, yeah. and he said it in kind of a funny way, but holy shit, the next day when we're looking in like TSN grabbed it in Canada and they're running with it. And like all these sources are running with it. It was Canada first took it and ran yeah, hockey night, Canada. Yeah. Hockey night in Canada. Like to see garage beers podcast on hockey night in Canada was really cool, by the way, like hockey night in Canada yeah. is a legendary show. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, and then Pittsburgh grabbed it and they, that was the funniest part <laughs> of the whole thing. Because oh. it was a fucking meltdown They're in Pittsburgh. Pissed. It was a meltdown. Oh. My God, it, it it set it set Penn's Twitter's panties into a bunch, and I am here for it. Like uh, well, I was all here for it. So thank you to this whole situation. Chad made a good point. We had a rite of passage. We got. Uh, thankfully, you guys that have listened to us have been so good to us. You go online and you give us reviews or whatever. You've always given us a five star review. It's been very fun. We got our first one-star review, and I can <laughs> like they don't tell you this, but I can almost guarantee I know what city that came from. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, and and you know the thing is, like people were people were bashing Dubinsky, like, oh, what has he won? What has he won? And like, it it wasn't even about that. Like, like, <laughs> like, like it, he was comparing Sid and Ovi. He wasn't telling he wasn't telling people. By no means was he telling people that I'm better than Sid. And I mean, granted, it's no mystery that th- those two just absolutely hate each other. Yeah. From the from the years and years uh, of right, and there and people were saying, "Oh, what rivalry?" There was a rivalry for but sure. It, it, it had, but it had no, it had nothing to do with how many points, how many more points Sid has in his career. They just flat out hated each other and basically beat the shit out of each other anytime oh. that they saw that they saw each other. It, it, it was not. It's not about goals and points and who has more titles. It was strictly, dude. I fucking hate you, and I'm gonna kick your ass every time I see you on the ice. <laughs> dude, it, it Penn, Pittsburgh went into a meltdown. What's the name of that guy that was just being a dick on Twitter? Mark Madden. Mark Madden. All right, Mark Madden. <laughs> you get ten seconds on the Garage Beers podcast. Shut up. Like, oh, dude, you're famous for <sighs> pissing off the the players that you cover. Like that's that's what you do. Yeah. Like congrats, we, nobody we likes be, you. We might be small time, but we're at least we're not a disgrace like he is to the professional <laughs> wrestling business. No, not a disgrace yet. Get that right, Chad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, yet. That's right. That's right. We're working and was, on it. We're on and our there, way. And there was some, and there was some guy that was like, "Oh, he had to go on a podcast with less than 350 followers." I'm like, dude, I had to correct that shit right away. I'm like, dude, it's. It's twelve seventy five. That's the time or whatever it was. Okay, uh, I was like, if you're going to chirp the podcast, at least be accurate. God damn it! Correct. Uh, <laughs> so then it progressed to Washington. That got really fun too because now Brendan Dubinsky. They probably if he took a trip to Washington D.C. with his family, they might throw him a like a parade. Oh yeah, they love him because. <laughs> Now Washington's all about it. They're having a great time. We get picked up by NBC Sports and stuff down there. That's great. Uh, and it just was very fun to watch the whole thing progress. And and there were so many cool moments. Again, like like Joe said, Hockey Night in Canada, to see the garage beers on Hockey Night in Canada is really cool. You guys know well, us. If you've listened to us enough, you know we're just a couple schlubs that we like talking sports and hang, having fun. And we talk about how lucky we are to have these guests. So to see us on Hockey Night in Canada was cool. Then... 
it proceeds to uh, spit and chicklets was yesterday. And they yeah. had mentioned us on social media before that, but they actually, they brought us up on their episode yesterday. If mm-hmm. you don't know spit and chicklets, they're like the premier hockey podcast out there. It, it's, it's, yeah. they have a, they are incredible at what they do. So to hear spit and chicklets talking about garage beers and, and what happened on our show was great. But today the most fun, I think the coolest thing that I've seen, it actually got brought up to Sidney Crosby today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, press interview it yes yeah, somebody in the media asked Sidney Crosby about if he had heard uh you know Dubinsky's comments and blah 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 and like uh we got a I got a text from from our good buddy Matt uh Pfeffer who runs 614 hockey uh who mm-hmm. we've been working with a little bit Joey's wearing his hat right now it's an awesome hat uh but he was like, yeah, it sounds like it sounds like the thing ruffled Sid's feathers a little bit. He said, <laughs> he said referring to Dubinsky, he said he can say what he wants. If you guys have any more hockey questions, I'd love to answer them. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> See? Right See? to the top. It's, it, it, it wasn't about championships. Like people, like all the shit talkers on Penn Twitter that were talking. These these two genuinely fucking hate each other. And, and I'm all here for it. Like I said, anything that sends Penn's Twitter into into a tailspin i am totally here for it well and you know what i appreciated everybody that went through it like i appreciated dubinsky he had so much fun with it when he posted that picture of him standing over crosby and the caption was was it something i said (laughs) well i'm not gonna lie to you like we we made it the clip that we released it was that quote yeah and that's kind of what set everything off and and you always worry a little bit like I, we're not we're not trying to piss people off unless unless you deserve to get pissed off. And Brandon Dubinsky didn't deserve to get pissed off. So I was, I was like, oh, shit, like a little worried. How is he going to take this? Does he want this attention or whatever? Then he starts posting about it and he's having a great time with it. And like yeah. it just it was a very, very fun week. Uh, and it was just like I said, the other thing that was cool was outside of one or two places. It was cool to see the the way people give, you know, they, they give us the credit, not that we said the thing, but it was on our show. So even the bigger media outlets or a a big podcast, like spit and chicklets was always throwing like, Oh, on the garage beers podcast on the garage beers podcast. That was just, I I can't, the people, I had a guy that I work with last night, text me and he goes, dude, is your podcast called garage beers? This guy I work (laughs) with. And I was like, yeah. And he goes, do, do you ever listen to spit and chicklets? And I was like, <laughs> I was like, yeah. He goes, dude, they're talking about your podcast. So it's spit and chicklets. I'm like, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Don't forget. Don't forget TSN too, which is basically the ESPN of Canada. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, that was another major one. So it's, it was so cool to see all of this, man. Yeah. We got a text. Joey and I got a text from one of our buddies that lives in Seattle. And he was like, I was at the bar last night. And the two guys were talking about some podcast and arguing about Sid and Ovechkin up in Seattle. Like it just was cool to see it go everywhere. So anyways, well, and that's the thing that, I mean, I don't know. I, I mean, it, it is an argument. This, the Sid and Ovi thing is just kind of an unwinnable argument. It's like the, it's like the LeBron and Jordan argument. Well, that's the, uh, that's the funny thing. And, and, and let's spend two seconds on that. Cause we're all hockey guys here. Yeah. What are what are your two cents? I want to hear what everybody's two cents is because I don't know if we have a, I can almost assure you there's not a consensus on this podcast of what, like if, if, if I asked you, 
your opinion of the Sid versus Ovi thing. What's your what's your opinion? I, I honestly, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, it, it's it's really a coin flip because, like I said, it's the Jordan and LeBron argument the, uh, of of hockey. It's these two guys are two totally completely different players. Yes, one has more cups than the other, but each of them brings a different skill set. You want to you want a playmaker? You want you want the LeBron of hockey? You want a guy that's get, that can basically do everything on the ice? That's that's it. You know, you you want a goal scorer? You want a scorer that also when he wants to, I know he's taken <laughs> plays out, but when he wants to play hard, he's he's one of the toughest guys out on the ice, but he's also but he's a scorer. He can score from anywhere. That's Ovechkin. It's really, it's it's really a, just a matter of your preference. I mean, I mean, yeah. G- granted, Washington has only made it past the second round of the playoffs once, but it's not because of Ovi. It's not because Ovi didn't produce. <laughs> so it, it really is. It's 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 a coin flip. Yeah, it's 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 uh, uh, for me, uh, my opinion's a little different than than Dubinsky's but it's crazy to see people just react the way like Chad the way you said it I don't know if it's LeBron Jordan it's certainly I think to me is a little bit more of like a LeBron versus Kevin Durant situation right Kevin Durant in my opinion is the most lethal scorer in basketball like he's he's the craziest most gifted scorer in basketball whereas LeBron's the overall he's a great scorer he's a great passer he's a great rebounder he's a he does everything yeah the the uh the conversation here, uh, like for me, yeah, Ovechkin's the goal scorer, but Sid does everything well. He, I mean, he's 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 Mister Do Everything. So my opinion is a little, you know, is a little different than Dubinsky's, but like, because I probably would take Sid. Uh, but the other thing is, and and I think a couple people put it in a really good way. Uh, you look at all the stats combined and especially us as fans or whatever, we look at all the stats and we talk about well-roundedness, but even Dubinsky said it scoring goals is the hardest thing to do in hockey. Mm-hmm. So all those other things, the assists and stuff like that, the points they're, they're great and they matter and they mean a lot, but the hardest thing to do in hockey is score goals. And there's no doubt that Ovechkin's the better goal scorer. So yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it was very fun. It was very fun in that. Yeah. It feels like the Pens have been on a little bit, although they're they're playing really well this year. They they've been on a little bit of decline the last couple of years. They've not performed in the playoffs. Ovi won his title a few years back. Capital uh, yeah, Caps like, look like they're well on their way to do the second to win their second. Well, we'll see what happens. But like, it yeah. feels like uh, the Sid versus Ovi talk ever since. Uh, Washington won their title and they haven't been meeting in the playoffs every year. Cause remember they met in the playoffs. It felt like every year for like three, four five straight right. years, ever since right. that ended, it's like the Sid and Ovi talk kind of died down. It was fun to see it. Like it was, it was like a sleeping giant just waiting to emerge uh, sure. and get talked about. Sure. And, uh, and man, it was dude, Chad <laughs> sure. to wake up and see garage beers podcast, TSN garage beers podcast here. It was awesome. So, oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, I guess the only, the only disparity, cause I only, I only stood Jordan and LeBron because I mean, that's what, that's what everybody always wants to constantly debate. But oh, yeah. uh, I, get I, mean, I get it. I, I guess the only thing really that the only thing I really think about when I, when I think of Sid and Obi is, is if I had to have like one criticism and in this is like super nitpicky is 
I, I wouldn't call them, I wouldn't call them consistent 200 foot players because, you know, Sid, you know, Obi, you know, Obi has been known to take some, Oh yeah. Some time, some time off on the ice, you know, um, some time off on the ice, especially in the defensive zone. And Sid, while he does not stop, I, I think his defense on the other side is a little bit lacking. So I think that's where they kind of even out. I think when Ovi decides to play 200 feet, he's better than Sid, but he doesn't do that consistently. So I think that's I I, I think that's a, a major kind of I, I don't know. The player. last thing the last thing I'll say on it is a lot of the people, especially the Penguins, the the triggered Pens fans, uh, we're coming after like Dubinsky because because I said yeah. Dubinsky's a, a Columbus Blue Jackets great. He is. I mean, he is yeah. he is top 10, if not top five, in pretty much all categories for the Blue Jackets. And people are just like, yeah. oh, great. That's that means a lot for the Blue Jackets. Listen, he can't control how long the Blue Jackets have existed. <laughs> like he, right. he's not he doesn't control that. So just because the Blue Jackets have only existed for a little over 20 years, that's not his problem of all the players that have played for them in that course of that multiple decades, he's one of the better ones. So he is a blue jackets. Great. Yeah. And I agree. And I, you know, the thing is, I also agree with the guys, what the guys on chicklet said, I think he was a very underrated player. Like, yes, of course, he's not up there with the, with the SIDS and the Ovechkins, but his style of play and the way he produced. Yeah. I think he was a very underrated player for his time in the league. For sure. All right. So anyways, it was fun. We hope you guys had fun with it. We're still not, you know, every day we see something new pop up. Like today was the Sidney Crosby getting asked about it thing. So we'll see where else it goes, Uh, but we'll get off it. We'll let it ride. Uh, Our thanks again to Brandon Dubinsky for joining us for a lot of fun. Not just that last week. If you have not listened episode 59, go listen to it. Uh, Yeah. I mean, it was, it was an incredible interview out just even outside of that. It was an incredible conversation. So that's going to take us before we get into some of this other stuff. And again, we've got another incredible special guest coming up in just a little bit. But before we get to all that, we've got to do our garage beers of the week. And so we'll start. I'll start it off. I I hardly ever started off, uh, but we'll bring it over here to me on the west side of Cleveland. Uh, And this is a beer. uh, I was actually talking to these guys online from Single Cut uh, Beer Smiths, which I think is New York. Um, and it is called the I'm Using Technology Double Dry Hopped Double IPA. And it is okay. really good. Okay. It's really good. I like these guys. Single Cut makes a good beer. Uh, and I'm using technology. Double yes. <laughs> yeah. What? Yeah. All right. I'm using technology, yeah, exclamation point, is the name of the beer from Single oh. Cut Beer Smiths. Oh. It's I'm using technology. <laughs> yeah, you kind of have to scream it into the void. Yeah, it's technology. I'm using it. Yes, uh, but yeah, it's just a good I, anything. Uh, the double dry hopped IPAs. I love that flavor. Uh, I love what that does to the beer. So uh, this one's another really good one. So again, uh, that comes from Single Cut Beersmiths. Uh, Chad, what's your garage beer of the week yeah. this week? Well, uh, I am going with a brewery I don't think we've had on the show yet, Mike. Uh, if I say Munster, Indiana, what does that mean to you? Literally nothing. <laughs> well, that is the home of Three Floyds Brewing. Oh, yes. Oh, what'd yeah. you get? And I have Robert the Bruce. Oh, yeah. Good one. The Scottish style ale 
Let's see it there. I, I, yeah. I mean, if there's anything I love about uh, um, Three Floyds, it's the art on the oh, bottles yeah. there is just, is just awesome. But it's a Robert Bruce Scottish style ale, and uh, it's good. I mean, it's just it's your standard uh, Scottish style ale. I mean, it, but it's very tasty, very smooth, very drinkable. I'm a big fan. Yeah, uh, they uh, they make some really good beers. The problem is it's not always the ones that are readily accessible. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not a big fan of some of their beers you can find everywhere, but I do like mm-hmm. Robert the Bruce, and I actually have one in my fridge that I'm going to do maybe next week that's really Ooh. good, too. So, nice. Eye out. Nice. Uh, so, we've got three Floyds. we got single cut. Let's <laughs> – this one's going to be my favorite. Let's send it down to Nashville. <laughs> Joe, what is your garage <sighs> beverage of the week? Oh, well <laughs> – Today, I'm actually drinking uh, a beer from Mill Creek Brewing Company in Nolensville, Tennessee. Uh, it's called Easy Days. D-A-Z-E. I don't know. Both those words are just something I should live by right now. It's an IPA. Very delicious. Smooth drinking. Um, great uh, summary type beer. Um, and you might be asking, well, Joe, you're in a hotel room. <laughs> give you stuff, right? Why would you drink your beer out of... I can well that's because my cups are for whiskey <laughs> so it's it's a two drink kind of night i'm also drinking uh just a nice wood for reserve um neats in a plastic cup uh it really just kind of like every time i think about the basement i i have a shot of woodford and then every time i think about happy thoughts i have a drink of beer so it's kind of like a reward system joe joe's gonna be walking down the floor of his hotel room at three o'clock in the morning, hammered <laughs> drunk in his underpants, walking his dog, and he's just gonna be like, "Hey, did you, did you guys hear the Brandon Davinsky interview?" <laughs> listen, listen, can I get some towels? I'm out of towels, and I can't take a shower because I don't have any towels. All my towels are covered in poop water. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh, Joe, man, God love you, dude. Uh, you put up with some some housing <laughs> issues, so you know what? Shots, shots, and beers for Joe tonight. There's good news though. I I got a mellow mushroom pizza on the way, and I'm really excited about it. Yeah, there you go. Okay, I like yeah. I, I like how you put that though. It's like a mood ring. You're like every every, every happy thought. I have a shot of beer. <laughs> I have a drink of beer. Every bad thought. I have a. I have a shot of Woodford Reserve. Well, now I'm gonna be now I'm gonna be watching, right? Like if I see him drinking yeah. Woodford, I'm gonna be like, "Oh no, Joe's pissed." He's pissed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's a drink of Woodford right there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, those are our garage beers of the week. Please get online, go find us at the Garage Beers. Tell us what your garage beers of the week are this week, and send us suggestions. We love trying new beers. You send us suggestions. We will go out and find them and try them on the podcast and obviously give you credit for that as well. So to you, the listener, we say cheers. Guys, to you on the podcast, I say cheers. And now it's time to get into it. We're going to cut right into uh, something that I hope you guys are all very excited about. Brand new cornerback of the Cleveland Browns. We were joined earlier in the week by Troy Hill. And here is that interview right now. All right, now it is time for our special guest, a Youngstown native, a University of Oregon alum, and a brand new Cleveland Brown. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the podcast, Troy Hill. Troy Hill, welcome to the Garage Beers podcast. Yo, I appreciate you having me. I appreciate it. Well, listen, man, first things first, welcome to the dog pound. Uh, Mm -hmm. Tell us what it feels like to be suiting up for the orange and brown and kind of your emotions, uh, knowing that you're going to be playing back in the state that you're from. 
Yeah, it feels good to be back home, to be playing for the dog pound. I've, I've seen them growing up, you know, and all the things that they was going through and the way they turning that program around. I'm excited to be a part of that and be a part of something special right now. So, I mean, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be exciting out there. It's going to be fun. And I'm just going to go out there and represent the city, represent my family and everything the right way. So I'm excited to be there. Now, now that Youngstown area, man, is 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 inc- incredibly divided. Did you grow up a, a Browns fan or Steelers fan? Ha, you know a little something, there, huh? Yeah, right. <laughs> hey, man. Hey, I spent three years in the yo, Troy. Come on, I spent three years in the yo. <laughs> yeah, uh, man. Uh, I grew up actually a Broncos fan. It's so crazy, but that's because the Browns weren't there. But I used to watch them a lot. But like all my family, well, my dad's side, they was like Pittsburgh fans and my mom's side is like Cleveland fans so okay. I mean it, it's, it's gonna be interesting on them Sundays when Cleveland and Pittsburgh each other. Uh, okay uh, house divided uh, house man. divided <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully not anymore they better all be bro yeah, nah, yeah, yeah. not no more it better not be <laughs> uh, yeah. we're gonna have a lot of conversations yeah <laughs> that's right well listen it's it's exciting. It's uh, if you're a Browns fan, you know about the dog pound. You, you know, if you're from here, you know about the dog pound. If you know about the dog pound, you know that was defensive backs that started that. That was Dixon and Frank Minifield. If you don't know that yet, they're, they're probably going to ram it down your throat as a new Browns player. That it was defensive backs that started the dog pound. And right now, it feels like the Browns have a chance to get back to what created the dog pound in the first place, which was a dominant defensive backfield. So looking mm-hmm. at that defensive backfield, it's got to get you pretty excited knowing that you came over here with John Johnson third, which mm-hmm. that uh, and the conversations you've had. But, uh, you know, you've got the other guys out there. You've got Denzel Ward, uh, hopefully Greedy Williams coming back. You've got Grant Delpit, who hasn't played yet, but uh, high expectations of that guy. Uh, Ronnie Harrison. There's just a lot of names there that all of a sudden it seems like they've recreated this defensive backfield. So do you think you guys are going to get back to being that dog pound mentality, bringing that, bringing the, uh, the fight back to the other teams? Yeah, I definitely do. I mean, you look at the roster and all that talent that's on there. I mean, it's hard to not. We just got to go out there and put it together. I mean, put the work in every day. And, I mean, you know, we capable of a lot. Like like you said, on paper, it's good. But we're going to have to still go out there and put in that work. So that's what I'm excited about, to go out there and get that work, work in with them. I know they're young, but, like, I mean, I done been around a lot of players like Tlaib, Jalen, Marcus, all these Eric Weddle. So I've been coming there and trying to bring what I can bring, be an open book and, and, and get them what I learned from those veterans. And uh, I mean, coming there and be a staple, it's going to be fun though, like putting in that work with them every day. So I'm excited. And then, like, growing up too, it's crazy because I remember watching like Joe Hayden and TJ Ward early on in their career. And that's getting me excited about it. I mean, JJ Rock in 43. It's like, man, I'm like, shoot, I might have to go get that two, three just to bring back that, you know what I'm saying? Like, bring back that little time, that era. So, I mean, I'm excited about it. I'm excited to be a Brown. I'm excited to be in the dog pound. That number's available. Well, uh, you got to watch out. 23 yeah. in Cleveland. There's high expectations. You're going to put 23 right. in Cleveland. That's going to come with some expectations. Hey, the, uh, another hometown kid wore it, too, you know? So, yeah. I, I'm trying to follow it. No footsteps, you know? <laughs> It's funny, though, the one question I had that I didn't even write down, but you never really know what that means, right? We're all fans. Mm. It's our team. It's our hometown. But 
what does that really mean? Like if, if you go into free agency this year uh, and you know, you're after last year, you had a great year. You're going to get a, a decent deal coming out of free agency. Uh, what, what is the, is there really a draw to your hometown or does that even factor in at all? Um, I'm not going to lie at the beginning of free agency. I, I definitely never pictured me being in Cleveland. I mean, you know, but like once the opportunity presented itself and God like did what he did to make this happen, it was like, all right, I got an opportunity to go back home. I got an opportunity to be my family, represent the right way. And I know about the city and like, I know what it stands for to be out there and like the, the, the tough and the football city that it is and everything. So it was like, all right, yeah, that's the place that I need to be. And I, I know they on the rise and got a chance to win the Super Bowl with a young roster. So it was like, all right, everything kind of just fell in this place and it made sense. And then I, it was crazy because when JJ went there, it was like, Hey, you going back to my hometown? That's kind of raw. Like, <laughs> hey, I'm happy for you. That's kind of raw. And then when I got that opportunity a couple of days later, it was like, it, it's, it's easy now. I, I'm familiar with a face. I know what he's finna bring. I know that's just going to electrify the secondary. So it was like, all right, that's just made sense. It was just, it made sense for me. Now, did you text him or did he let, uh, <laughs> did, uh, was he, was he surprised when you signed there? It's so funny because like at the beginning of the uh at the beginning of the fantasy, I texted him. I'm like, yeah, where, where you finna go? Like, ah, he was being like, ah, I don't know. I'm like, man, stop treating me like the media. Like, you know right, what I mean? Right. Treating me like the media. Then the next day or like a couple days later, he didn't sign with Cleveland. It was like, all right, JJ, yeah, that's raw. And then uh he texted our group chat actually and told everybody that he was gonna come to Cleveland and then once I found out that I had an opportunity, it was between Cleveland and LA, really. But like, it was like, I've been out in LA for a while. Maybe it's time for me to go home. And I actually text him like, hey, I'm finna come to the dog pound with you. And he sent me like an emoji like this. Tell me, oh, <laughs> yeah. All right, Leah, let's do it, JJ. All right. So it made it a lot sweeter too. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome hearing a little bit of that behind the scenes. Because again, we're only presented, like you said, treating each other like the media we're only presented with what kind of we hear from the media so that's uh-huh. behind the scenes stuff man uh yeah did you hear right away from coaches any teammates any any browns players reach out welcome you to the team uh mac wilson i talked to mac wilson yeah so okay. that was probably he was like yeah let's get it you know what i'm saying type of thing but i mean for the most part it was just like when i'm let's get it congratulations type thing we finna turn up and then uh I mean, I, I took my visit out there. I talked to all the coaches and everything. Got a chance to sit down with everybody. So I mean, I'm excited about it. I'm excited about this opportunity. Yeah. Man, it seems like you. It seems like whenever there's a big signing for anybody, like teammates hear from teammates like almost instantly. Do y'all have like an NFL white pages? Like, like, <laughs> like, 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 like yeah, how do you get those numbers quickly, man? You know, now that you got social media, it's kind of easy now. You know, yeah. social media that. <laughs> DM you or whatever. So that's kind of where that come from. But like, nah, okay. no white pages. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, Troy, we want to get to know Troy the person, but I'm going to ask you one more football question. Uh, okay. Just knowing football, uh, you're a ball hawking cornerback. Uh, you had the league in defensive touchdowns last year. So you were fine in the end zone. Uh, you had a great, really your best year in the NFL last year. Uh, after a kind of a bounce around start to your career. So uh, you know, what's the biggest thing you're trying to bring to the Browns? And then if you look at your film from last year, what's the biggest area you're trying to improve from your game from last year? 
Um, can you say the first question? I answer them one at a time, real quick. The first oh, part. Yeah. Of the question, so, what's the what's the biggest thing that you're bringing to the Browns? What should people be most excited about? Uh, I think I'm a, I'm gonna bring a hard worker. You know, everything I've been through, everything like you're you gonna get my best. You know what I'm saying? And I'm gonna come out there hard working and bring excitement to the team. So that's where I'm at with it. And then, you know what I'm saying? Just, I feel like I'm relatable because I came, you know what I'm saying? From what happens in the city, I, I understand it a lot more. So, I mean, that's what you're going to get. You're going to get a relatable person, exciting player and a, a hardworking player. And every day I'm going to come out there and give my best effort and put my best foot forward, stand on my 10 toes and, you know what I'm saying? Play, make, make plays. That's what I'm here for. I love it. So part two of that, if you look at your film and which you've, you've done a million times, watch your film from last year, which was a good year. What's the one area where you're like, okay, that's where I got to get better. And, and if I do, I'm a pro bowl player. Uh, just, just coming in there and shutting shit down. Like every snap, basically <laughs> yeah. that's where I'm at with it. Like, look, just right. coming there. I didn't see players do it. I seen like I'd be around them. Like I see what they capable. Of. I see Jalen came out there did it, and that's what making him great. So it's like I seen leave. You know what I'm saying? That's everything. Just come in there, shut shit down, and get the ball. Like it's all about the ball. At the end of the day, you get the ball, and none of that other stuff matter. And they never remember about <laughs> nothing else but you getting the ball and putting it where you need to put it. Get get Baker and and, and Jarvis and everybody the opportunity to get, stay on the field long because I know that's when, when they're going to score, you know. So yeah, just get the ball back for the offense. Awesome. All right, well, let's get to know you, the person. And I feel like you probably heard this way too much in your life, but it's impossible to not bring up, right? A kid that grew up in Youngstown, it, I swear to God, if, if they created the show The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, <laughs> now, they would think it was about your life, right? If yeah, definitely. Troy, Troy grew up in Youngstown, and then when he was fifteen, you were fifteen, right? And you you mm-hmm. lived with your uncle in California, in Southern California, because you know you were just going through some hard stuff, and you went out there, and all of a sudden you become a high school star. Uh, you you uh, overcame a lot from your upbringing. You go on to play at Oregon, and now here you are in the NFL. Like it, it's it is. How many times have you heard that? Like you're like the real Fresh Prince of Bel Air. <laughs> Yeah, I heard it a few times for sure. I heard, I heard it a few times, but I mean, <laughs> I wish I would have moved. I wish I would have moved to Bel Air with the rich people, though. I wish I was living like him, but you know, it, it's similar stories, though, for sure. Uh, definitely, it's similar stories, and I can relate. But, but I heard it a few times, though. Honestly, like still to this day, and I really don't look at it like that. It's just be like for me, I think it's more so just. I feel like I got an opportunity, and I. I took advantage of it, you know, in a small town yeah. like Youngstown, you don't really get too much opportunity. And you kind of like, it's a, everybody got the same mindset, not in a negative way. You might have a few people, but it's easy to be a product of your environment. And that's kind of the route that I felt like I was taking at the time. Like I was going to be a product of my environment, but I got a chance to move to California at a young age and see different things and experience different things. So, I feel like Youngstown gave me a foundation where it's like, all right, I got to be tough in certain senses and things like that. But I, I feel like California gave me a mindset of, hey, this is business. This is what you have to do. These are 
you know what I'm saying, opportunities and things. So I got a foundation from Youngstown. I got a mindset from California in a way where it's like just helped me to grow as a person. Two questions. Okay. Is your uncle named Phil? Because that would just be awesome. <laughs> nah, my uncle named Jim, actually. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> yeah, that still works. Uncle Jim still works. Crazy. <laughs> now, uh, would – okay, now, so you, you went to California when you were 15. Mm-hmm. Would, if you would have stayed in Youngstown, and, you know, you were playing ball, I assume, right? Uh, I actually wasn't so like oh, okay. my first year, my first year of high school, I was a freshman and I was playing ball. I played freshman in JV. And after that season, I kind of like really just stopped going to school. Like okay. school wasn't really for me. So I probably leave school halfway throughout the day or, you know what I'm saying? My mom be at work, so she couldn't really control me in that sense. So. I mean, I was, that's why I flunked. I actually flunked my freshman okay. year. And it ended up coming out later on when I got to California, which I ain't know no better. So it's, it's a crazy story because yeah. I really didn't know no better. When I moved to California, I was moving to California and it really just like, my mindset was, I'm just going out here. I'm going to graduate and figure something out. Like, cause the route I'm taking, I'm not finna graduate. Nothing's going to happen. Like I was, my second year when I was a freshman, I was already kind of going through the same thing. Because like I say, I just wasn't going to school type of thing because my mom had to work and, you know. Yeah. So in that sense, it was like, yeah, I'm going to go out here to California, go graduate and figure it out. But I end up flunking and end up coming out like as I signed my letter of intent to Oregon. So when I'm in California, I had, we end up having to forfeit all our games to oh. – my senior year, we ended up having to forfeit all, all our games. So people in the, like, I ain't know no better. I'm still a kid at this point. Like, yeah, I ain't yeah. know what was going on. My thing, I'm just about to go graduate, whatever. But, right. like, football ended up working out the way it did. Like, I always knew I had talent. But, like I say, I was a product of my environment. The people yeah. who I surrounded myself with, wasn't nobody really doing that. We were trying to survive by any means type thing. So once that happened, it was just like, you know what I'm saying? I got scrutinized. They was dogging me as a kid. So that's why I feel like I can handle any type of adversity because, I mean, I had it at a young age, like, type of thing. I don't even know that's if I'm answering the question, but this is just my no, story hey. type of thing. Hey, <laughs> no, 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 I, I appreciate it, man. Yeah, that was like, that was, was going to be my question. That was going to be my question was, like, how did the opportunity to California come about? Like, I didn't know if it was just going out there for for – to play ball or like you know it was it was that always the plan or like were you playing ball at, in, at high school in Youngstown so yeah I was just curious man but that's a really yeah. awesome awesome story man well what's cool yeah. what's cool too is man you go from that kid that's a freshman that doesn't want to go to class and 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 you're trying to find a path and it, and it wasn't there you graduated high school with a three-point GPA I mean like so you, you found it in class you found it on the football field obviously you mm-hmm. you wind up with the Ducks and that's you know, talk about three crazy places to wind up. You wind, you go from Youngstown to Southern California to Eugene, Oregon. Uh, <laughs> Eugene, Oregon. It's crazy. The, the first story, like, it's so – I actually got to campus late because I went through the clearinghouse and everything. And then my, this is my first story about being in Oregon. So uh, it was crazy because the first day on campus, like, my dorms and McDonald's was right across the street from each other. And it's, like, late night. I'm hungry, so I'm all right, I'm going to go to McDonald's. And this is how Eugene is. Like, I love that city and everything that it brings. But the first day I'm on campus, I see a, a a big old group of bikers, though. Bikers, they got the lights on the bike, all that. They doing their thing. But I really look, 
it's old ladies on there with their shirt off, just titties hanging <laughs> and everything. I'm like, oh, this where I'm at. What's going on? I'm like, oh, everybody got their shirt off. They just so happy. Like, so I'm like, oh, this going on. So that was kind of my first time being in Oregon. I'm like, man, this is just crazy. I ain't never seen nothing like that. But I mean, I ended up falling in love with the city. One night in a transfer portal. Like, no. <laughs> oh, exactly. I'm doing that. Oh, my God. Exactly. Like, this is too much for me right now. But right. It, it, was, it was a good time, though. We've we've talked a lot about, like, especially the year you played for the national championship with Oregon. You played Ohio State. We've had some Buckeyes on from that team. We've talked a lot about it. I think the one thing, every time I talk to or think about Oregon, there's one question that pops into, into my head. And you're an Oregon athlete. Uh, mm. How great! I, it's got to be awesome playing in Oregon. It's got to be awesome to be an athlete, right? Like the Nike, yeah. and you're playing at Autzen Stadium, which is crazy. Like, is it as cool up there as it seems? I've For seen sure. pictures. Of, I've seen pictures of that locker room too, Troy. <laughs> yeah, it's insane. Yeah, that 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 state of the art. That was my last year. They ended up getting that my last year. I wish I could have enjoyed it, but even then, the locker room before that, that day just made before that was one of the best in the nation too so but like Oregon everything it seemed to be like the fans is one of a kind they all die hearts all about they ducks you know them Saturday games be rocking and at the time I was there we was on top so I ain't really had no complaints at all I enjoyed it like you know during the midst of it you never really look at it but looking back on it like I had one of the best college experiences I can really ask for. You know, I would never compare or change it to anybody because it made me who I am today. That's awesome. You're a guy that you're a guy that nothing was ever really handed to you, uh, mm-hmm. and in the NFL. So you 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 played and you balled out through Oregon. You 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 were an awesome player there, and then you go undrafted. You have to work your way in. You're you're trying to make it with different teams, the Bengals and the Patriots. And finally, the Rams bring you on. Uh, you know, as, as you're in that period of time where you're trying to figure out, are you? Am I going to make it in the NFL? I don't get drafted. I'm now being cut by Cincinnati or cut by New England. How hard is it to stay positive and focused during that time? And how were you able to get through that bounce back and catch on with the Rams? Uh, so like the first year, my first year, I felt like I was balling. But, like, in Cincinnati, it was just more so a situation where, like, looking back at it, I'm like, I'm in a room full of first-round draft picks, so I'm really not going to play here. They end up putting me on a practice squad. But, I mean, I worked my way. I just always believed in myself. I, it started with believing in yourself and believing in your talent, so I always believed in myself, and I'm seeing it like, you know what I mean? I got an opportunity to go against AJ Green every day when, when we in practice. So I'm sharpening my iron, you hear me? Sharpening my sword. But I mean, sometimes like once probably like I want to say it was week 10 or something, I got an opportunity to come up for three games because somebody got hurt. And then I end up, you know what I'm saying, going through that little process where they tried to put me back on practice squad, but I didn't clear waivers because the Patriots ended up signing me. I was with the Patriots for like four days. Literally, yeah, right. I never got to practice with them. I never did anything. I don't think they seen none of my talent. So I was really just there. But I guess something happened where they felt like they couldn't have me or whatever. But I don't want to really go into it. But it wasn't yeah. really about football, though. You know, it wasn't really about football, I felt like. So uh, at the end of that time, like, I'm thinking I'm about to go back to the Bengals. I actually uh, 
uh, Marvin Lewis had reached out to me. I thought if I were in the clear waivers, then I would have went back to the Bengals. But the Rams ended up picking me up the last game. And, you know what I'm saying, I got blessed to be in the opportunity. I just kept working, kept working. Like I say, it started with believing in myself. And regardless of everything that I went through, I just always believed in myself. I Don't get me wrong. Sometimes you're going to get down on it. But, like, the, the belief in self was always stronger than the negative thoughts that I had. So. That's kind of what helped me stay kicking. Yeah, awesome. So you signed your deal with the Rams, and one of the things that you said that was cool was that it allowed you to step up and focus on the game. Once once you kind of had that deal, it allowed you to focus mm-hmm. on the game. You weren't worried about that outside stuff anymore, and it really let you be yourself. Uh, you know, now you've signed a four-year, $24 million deal with the Cleveland Browns. Uh, mm-hmm. As a kid from Youngstown, what is that, the stability of that four-year contract? Obviously, the money. What does that mean for you? What's that mean for your family? Um, you know, they're excited. But for me, I feel like I ain't done yet. Like, for me, I want more in a way. Like, I just want to showcase that I can do more. Like, I can be a better player. Like, I'm trying to age like fine wine in this game. So, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, for me, it's like, all right, I'm, I'm not done yet. I'm not done yet. I still got a lot more things to prove like I probably won't be able to look up and like you know what I'm saying be like take a deep breath until I throw them cleats over the wire you know so until that <laughs> happened right now it's just more so I'm focused on what I need to do and especially coming back for me is like I feel like it's a bigger purpose like I'm closer to the family and it's gonna bring a lot more responsibility that come with this because I got a whole entire family really depending on me now and I just feel like now, so it's more so I'm I'm even more hungrier, you know, and I want to put on for the city of Cleveland, Youngstown, the whole state of Ohio. So and be a representation where I can really make this a home. And you know what I mean? Like them four years is guaranteed. I want them to make four years, eight years type of thing. So yeah. that's kind of what my mindset. At. Hey, from what I hear, it's all about this TB12 system. I don't know if you ever heard of it. Troy, uh, like if you want to age like if you want to age like fine wine in this game, <laughs> yeah, going. it's all about this pliability or whatever. I'm telling you, <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you, so yeah. No, uh, to... outside of the Browns and family, man, what's what's the, what's the most exciting thing for you about coming back to and playing in Northeast Ohio? Just the diehard fans. Like I seen them Browns fans rocking with them when they was Tim couching and you know all through the rugged time. So I mean the diehard fans is like what I miss and just I know the Northeast. I know it's just a football type of state. So I mean just being back around that and just the grit and the griminess about it. I love that type of stuff. So I'm excited to be about be a, be back. You ready for winters again? Troy, now nah, that's the one. Nah, that's the one. But like you know, that's it's all good though. That it come with it. It's come with it. So I'm excited about it too. Like whatever, throw a snowball at, at my daughter or something. So be able to hit her with a snowball. I feel. I kind of feel bad in a way. You told us they revamped the the locker rooms at Austin Stadium your last year there. Mm-hmm. Oh. You you got to play in this incredible new stadium. I mean, like that stadium they build out in LA is oh yeah, state of the art. It's gonna be crazy. I mean, stuff. look, this how I'm thinking about it. All right, Super Bowl in LA now. So now we gotta go. We gotta get back and go play. Let everybody see that stadium with the fans in it. I ain't get to check it out with fans in it. So 
I got to go to get back and be able to check out LA Stadium with them fans in it. That's and awesome. you know, once we make it there, it'll be all Browns fans because exactly. <laughs> we, we make it to the Super Bowl. Uh, we'll, we'll, tra- we'll travel well, Troy. We'll travel well. Hey, I already know. It's a funny story because, like, the whole Ohio, I understand, like, Browns, Ohio State, all that. So when we played them in the national championship, I must have, like, went out for pregame warm-ups and stuff. And I look around. I say, damn, it's all red in here. What's going on? Like, Where's the green and white? Yeah, like, so I, I already know they're going to travel for sure. Yeah, for sure. All right, Troy, uh, I got one last thing, and then if Chad's got anything, we'll let you out of here. But the Browns last year, less than a touchdown away from taking the Chiefs out of the playoffs and advancing uh, to, to the AFC Championship. Obviously, they are focused on revamping the defense, so – now I'm just going to ask you, you've talked a lot about being excited about the fans, about the diehards, and about being on a new, on an improved Browns team. So I'm going to ask you to pump us all up, pump up the fans that are going to listen to this. What should the Browns expect this year? Uh, they should expect another winning season for sure, you know, and expect a, a great defense out there. You know what I mean? That's what they should expect. Defense win championships, so – we're going to let that defense take care of everything. And then, you know, offense is going to score points. So expect another great season. And, you know what I'm saying? Expect to come ride with us and, and enjoy this excitement that's coming. It's been long enough. So it's time now. Yeah. Yeah. Anything else for Troy before we get out of here? No, I'm just going to have to go buy some materials to replace this wall I'm about to run through outside of the truck here. <laughs> He's ready. <laughs> So well, yeah. one of, make sure one of those materials is a brand new Cleveland Browns Troy Hill jersey. I'm sure you can find those places. You'll probably see plenty of them around, but there we go. There's oh, one last thing. There's one last <laughs> thing. There's one last thing. JJ3. JJ3 did a jersey reveal where he was dancing all over the place. When do we see yours, Troy? Come on now. <laughs> Ooh, that's what I need to. I need to call the equipment manager and lock in his number right now. So yeah. I mean soon, soon. <laughs> All right, all right. 23. And that's uh, lastly, it, it, it sounds like you're going to get to pick your number because you've had it, you've had it, some experience in having to give up your numbers. Yeah, you so I want your number. I, I was going to try to get 22, but um, nah, I'm going to go with that. I'm going to try to get that 23. Uh, I think it's open. Browns fans will all know what I mean by that. Uh, <laughs> Roy Hill, man, thank you so much for joining us, taking the time. Uh, it has been an exciting as hell off season for the Browns, and you are a huge, huge part of that. We are really looking forward to watching you suit up for the Orange and Brown, uh, score a lot of those touchdowns again this year, and uh, hopefully we'll see the podcast. Tell, tell the Browns fans to go reach out to Jadavion too. <laughs> you hear that? You hear that? <laughs> You're telling me. Yeah, tell them to go get him, too. Get him on board, too. Let's go. Hey, come on, get into that NFL white paper. Get his phone number and reach out to yeah, him. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> For sure. All right, I appreciate y'all having me, though. All right, Troy, we'll see you later. And once again, our special thanks goes out to new cornerback of the Cleveland Browns uh, on that much improved defense that they're going to have going into the 2021 season, Troy Hill back home. What a story that guy had, Chad. I think you're going to be talking about motorcycles and titties for the rest of time. (laughs) Every time I see a bike go by in the summer in Ohio now, I'm just going to be thinking of that story in Oregon. Like, 
Oh God. <laughs> like, oh, 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 okay. She's okay. She's on the bike with a man. Okay, fine. Okay. Okay. That's not oh, what Troy was talking about. Oh my God. <laughs> that was one of the funniest things I have ever heard. And, and Troy was awesome. And you can just tell, you can feel how excited he is to be coming back to Ohio, uh, to his family and playing for the Browns. And uh, man, if those guys aren't poised to do some special stuff uh, this season, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. So guys with the NFL draft coming to Cleveland in a few weeks, Chad, I know you were downtown. So was I uh, over the weekend uh, this last weekend or or just at the beginning of the week, I guess Uh, they're already getting set up, man. It's pretty exciting. You know, they've announced that the draft is happening, that it's going to be going on, that there's going to be allowed to be people there. Uh, Mm -hmm. I got my tickets for like the fan fest and all that. It's pretty cool to see it all coming together, though. That little helmet thing was really cool to see. Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was really cool. It looks like that they're um, – I, I mean, first things first, I, I finally found a helmet that could fit my large noggin. Uh, <laughs> for those for those that don't know me, I am what some doctors call cranially challenged. Um, so uh, that is – that was awesome to see, uh, just all of those helmets around. It also looks like that they're putting the stage by the Port Authority like yes. in, in somewhere in those in those parking lots. So yeah, it's it's going to be a really exciting time for Cleveland, and I'm I, I'm pumped for them, man. I'm pumped for outsiders uh, to come see the city because with with Cleveland going through kind of a renaissance, I think a lot of people are going to be uh, very excited and, and very surprised at what they think. Because I mean, let's face it, Cleveland doesn't have the best reputation around, but uh, but that's because I don't think a lot of people outside of the city know what Cleveland is like. And I think a lot of people are going to be surprised. I'm just excited. I, I got, I got the tickets. We're going to go down, uh, you know, some of the festivities, like you're going to be able to go down and, and into all the, the bowels of the stadium. Basically, you're going to be able to go run around out on the field. Yeah. Uh, uh, there's going to be photo ops. I'm sure there's going to be some uh, like player meet and grill. Well, I don't know if they're going to do that with, you know, who knows how COVID's going to look and all that, but uh, it's, it's just good timing too. I mean, the hope that everybody's feeling coming out of COVID uh, people are getting their, va- I, I got my second, my second shot, Chad, you got to be getting yours soon. Uh, I got yeah. my second the, shot coming on the 15th, Friday. The, fi- the 15th. Yeah. I got mine yeah. in two days. Yeah. You got, just, five, you got Pfizer. I got Moderna. Yes. Moderna's a little longer. Yeah. Everybody's just feeling pretty good and you can feel that around the city. So I think it's also going to be fun to just see people. It's been fun watching people on Twitter talking about, Oh, I got my tickets for this. I got my tickets for that. Yeah. I'll be interested to see if there's anything on a fan level that you can actually go be a part of the draft. That's the one thing that they haven't really talked about. They've talked a lot about being a part of the fan experience. Yeah. Uh, but as far as the draft goes, I, have you heard anything on that yet? Are they shutting that off from fans or, or are there going to be designated areas from what, I, from everything I've heard and everything I've read, um, your, uh, like, like the ticket seats in the actual theater, um, it, it is going to be, uh, you either have to pay, uh, your firstborn, uh, or, and that's for the first round. It might cost your second kid for like the second and third round. Well, that's and then yeah. and, and then maybe you just have to hand your wife over for the fourth or seventh round. Uh, but uh, you know, but really though, it is cost an arm. It was like thirty five hundred dollars for for first round access to the theater. Dang. Um, but uh, from what I understand, if you did get your fan experience tickets, uh, you can register to gain access to the theater but it's going to be invite only like it's not like it's not something you can 
just like, walk into yeah just just walk into like from what i understand as well all the fan experience stuff is going to be nowhere near the stage so it's not like you could like be at the fan experience and like see the draft from a, the, the theater from a distance yeah so it's yeah a, it's, it's a shame they don't have something outside or like at least a couple of rounds outside where some yeah, we'll people see. can you know gather in some capacity but yeah. uh, you know it's 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 a good time for it to happen. It's also kind of a tricky time because it's, yeah. you know, you feel like most things are going to be okay to do in the near future, but you also don't know. It's uh, yeah, hey, yeah. Listen, it's. Uh, I do not want to. I do not envy the people having to plan any events right now. No. no. <laughs> yeah. What's cool though, all this aside, and, and you know, we'll we'll do some videos. I know, uh, you know. Chad, you're going down. I'm going down. We'll do some videos down there, show you some of the fun stuff. So make sure you stay connected to the garage beers on there. Uh, we've actually been talking with belly up a little bit. I've been talking with the guys that run belly up about some, maybe some fun things we can do that down there as well. But you know, the other cool thing is guys, and we'll get into more of a draft preview in the coming weeks. Yeah. But the other cool thing guys is that like, I don't like, I'm not sitting here like, man, I really, the Browns need to pick this guy. The Browns yeah. need to, Man, if the, remember last year, I remember us talking like if the Browns don't take one of these left tackles, I'm going, I'm going yeah. to punch a wall. If the yeah. Browns don't take yeah. one of these left, ta- you know, and this year it's just like, man, I hope there's a sweet player on the board when they pick yeah. and I hope they take him. It's, <laughs> it's literally, it. it's literally a best player available situation. Uh, you know, feels, I mean, you know, it feels weird. It's like, Except for maybe I don't know when we picked in the 2008 draft because we had that pretty good 2007 season. But when was the last time we did not pick in the top ten? Fourteen seventy six. Nineteen. Yeah, yeah. Nineteen. <laughs> Data not available. Like nineteen fifty eight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's been a long time. Fourteen seventy six. Way yeah. before Columbus got here. That is correct. Uh, No, and that's, again, that's, we'll break it down. We'll get more into the nuts and bolts of the draft and the players and who we think might be there and all that stuff later. But like, just in this anticipation leading up, the fun thing about it is, I'm just excited to go down and be a part of it. I'm excited. You know, they're going to showcase Cleveland really well. They're going to make it look good on TV. It always does look good on TV. Uh, I'm excited for the events. I'm excited for the fun. I'm excited to see the people. You know, that's, that's been the fun of people getting vaccinated and restaurants opening back up and stuff. You're just seeing people again has been fun. uh, And, and being a part of it is going to be a good time. I'm looking forward to all this ancillary stuff and my brain, my brain isn't even letting me go to like, God, I hope they take the third best cornerback that might be available there at that. It's just, my brain's not even there yet. It's just, let's just go have a good time and enjoy the draft being in Cleveland. Wait, who is it, Mike? Who is it? Who is the third I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't Jim know. Jo- Jim Johannesburg from Aug- Augsburg State. That's correct. That's oh, no. Hingle McRingleberry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus. All right. So, uh, again, thank you to Troy Hill for joining us. You are going to find Troy Hill on the field every Sunday in the orange and brown. Uh, hopefully he does the same thing this year as he did last year when he led the league in defensive touchdowns. That'd be sweet. Uh, we've got other stuff going on in Cleveland sports that we can hit on real quick. Joe, you've started your thing, which is exciting, but the Cleveland Indians, I uh, would love to say off to a hot start, not off to a hot start. <laughs> the Cleveland Indians go into Detroit, 
lose two out of three games. They split a series here with Kansas City. Uh, a lot of the stuff that we were anticipating before the season is looking pretty spot on. Pitching I have looks- a tough time with this. Oh, go ahead. I, 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 for a couple of reasons. Um, <clears throat> I, I'm always cautious to have like hot takes and opinions early on in the season because you know, we're coming off of the NFL playoffs where every single game is life or death. Then we're coming off of, you know, watching basketball and hockey where maybe not every single game is deciding factor, but it's a lot more important than 162 games throughout the entire year. Right. You're going to, you're going to win a third, right. You're going to lose a third. And then the other third, you got to figure out what you're going to do with. Right. Right. So we're going to lose our games. We're going to win our games. So I'm hesitant to be like, clicking that panic button yet. Um, but it's a little concerning. You know, yeah. it's, it's really <laughs> like I, I tweeted out before the game. There's no reason today on Wednesday when we face the Royals, yes. there's no reason we shouldn't have scored six runs, seven runs against us. The problem that we're seeing right now off the bat is we're not stringing hits together, right? It's, it's, the home run ball is carrying us again. Uh, and it's nice. We know we love seeing J-Ram at the home run pitch, but it's like, man, like you'd love to see just some guys hitting singles and then scoring guys home from second and third and uh, moving people over. And you're just not seeing that flow in the lineup right now. Well, and you lost your big, if he wasn't your biggest, he was your one of your top home run hitters. Francisco Lindor, and you did not replace him with a home run. That's the thing. There's no adaptivity. These guys, and and it, it's this isn't all just an Indians problem. This is baseball right now. Yeah, this agreed. This inability to like string hits together and just you need to hit home runs. For some teams, it's working. For Cincinnati right now, it's working. It ain't gonna work like that all season. You got to be able to string some hits together. Like I'm watching, I'm watching these guys that are not power hitters on our team and the other team will implement a shift and our guys cannot beat it. And they're not power hitters. No. Yeah. Like a team like should you- never put a shift on. Uh, you want to put a, a shift on Fran Mill Reyes, put a shift on Fran Mill Reyes and I'm okay with him swinging for the fences. That's fine. But like they're putting shifts on these guys, like even Naylor. And I like Naylor. I think Naylor is going to be a rock solid player for the Indians for a long time. I really do but they're putting shifts on for He's not a power hitter. He's, he's a line drive guy hit the ball the other way. Like just, that's a baseball thing, but man, Joe, you are right. I don't want to be too over aggressive with this, but you can't, we have done this. It isn't just several games into the season. This is just a continual track record of how the Indians have done things for a long time. They get worse and try to sell you that they're better. Well, the and, and is worse, but they're trying to sell you that they're better. Here's one kind of point of optimism, and I'll drink beer because of that. <laughs> um, you know, Tito obviously comes out to very historical slow starts, right? That's the tribe has never started fast. Well, they did a couple of times, but generally slow out of the gate. We're usually hitting our stride late May and June, and then we're kind of fire the rest of the year. I think there's a lot of figuring out 
our lineup right now. A lot of guys that might be on their last chance that are kind of out there right now um, that we probably won't see on the team come June or July this year. Uh, either they'll be back down AAA or we'll designate them for assignment. Um, I think you're going to see that with some guys. Um, and I, I feel like kind of the thought process behind that is Tito's like, okay, like maybe we'll put out Jake Bowers now at first instead of Bobby Bradley. Let's see if he can do something, produce something, get get hot, catch fire, and then you know if that doesn't work out by a certain point in the season, maybe we'll move on from that. Guys, I, I don't know because I I like you. I'm kind I kind of struggle with this because I don't want to go nuts because the baseball season is four hundred sixty two thousand three hundred seventy five <laughs> games long. So I I I don't want to get too nuts with this, but. It's just, it's the same story every year with this lineup. I mean, I'm not worried about the pitching. There's literally no reason to talk about at least the starting pitching. There's literally no reason to talk about it. We know what we're getting from them. We have no idea what we're going to get from this lineup on a game by game basis. And that's just not, and that's just not four games into the season. This is, this has been something that's been happening the last, I don't know, like ever since Tito has been, the manager of the Indians? I, I, I don't know. This lineup has just been so streaky and inconsistent. I, I, it's just, it is. It's a Jekyll and Hyde. You just, you just never know what you're going to get. So it's, it's, I go into, I, I go into every game hoping that like you guys said, they're, they're going to string hits together that I'm going to get, you know, at least seven or eight hits and, and score a couple of runs. Because I mean, if you're able to do that, that's all this pitching staff needs. But I don't know. Fucking you, you win four to two, four to two today, but you let fucking Dan Duffy two hit you the other day. <laughs> like you just, that's a, you just, you just never know which Indians lineup you're going to get. Well, that's, that's the story, right? They, they don't hit either of the first two games. Then they break out nine runs in the third game against Detroit. And then the next mm-hmm. night they get shut out. Like yeah. what is happening? And, and, and well, they almost got shut out again today if it wasn't for Jose. For the for all the early season talk, early season is fine, and these slow starts are fine. But this isn't this lineup is not as talented as previous years' lineup. No. So if you get off to a slow start, it's not going to be easy to not overcome a slow start. They have to not get off to a slow start. This team has to not be a slow starting team. And 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 frankly, oh. it has been. The one thing that's been crazy, I, I, I've tweeted about it a couple times. The one thing that's been crazy all, all so far through five games has been like listening to some of the excuses that gets talked about. Like, just oh, say that. Oh, the wind that one. Oh, the wind in the first game against Kansas City. Oh, they hit. They had ninety-two hard-hit balls in that game. The wind. Kansas City scored runs. They did fine. Whit Merrifield hit a home run. Yeah, he knocked one out of the park. Like, don't tell me about the win. Today it was, today it was, uh, who, who pitched today? Junis or Danny yeah. Duffy the other day? Oh, Danny Duffy, what a performance. Oh, what a performance by, no, it wasn't a performance. It wasn't like a <laughs> transcendent performance. Guys aren't out there against this Indians lineup given like the craziest <laughs> efforts of their lives. These guys can't hit. You got Judas coming off of like a eight ERA from last year. It's like, you have to hit it. Like, this is the guy you have to take yes. guard. Yeah. Yeah. 
but we're yeah, gonna hear that- we're gonna hear it all summer boys we're gonna hear these middle of the road ass pitchers who mm-hmm. come out and throw a three hitter against the tribe and give up one run we're, oh he was just lights out they're all lights out when they come <laughs> up against this lineup they're yeah. all lights out yeah. it's the it's not the transcendent pitching performance it's that these guys are either so busy trying to hit home runs or they're just not good enough because there are certainly a couple guys in this lineup right now that are not good enough that yeah. they can't these guys have so much trouble stringing two three four hits together yeah yeah that's and, the and, bottom line yeah and I don't know and, and then and then the Indians apologists online that, that that tell me oh don't be so negative oh this this team hey they won today you negative people listen this hasn't been just a this year problem it's been an every year problem okay this line certainly the last every, two it, before this yeah it's been an it's been a it's, the last couple of years it's been a problem uh, you know and i hear what you're saying about these middle of the road guys doing well against us mike and it, that's the thing at, at the beginning of every game it gives you false hope because against you know even a decent lineup it's supposed to be like okay like oh and here's dan duffy starting for the royals he was <laughs> 12 and 8 last year with a 4.05 era well uh when you look at that and you're like, sweet, we should be able to score some runs against this guy. Nope. <laughs> nope. Nope. Not gonna Listen, do it. it. It isn't, it isn't all it isn't all gonna be negative. And and again, this Indians team with that pitching staff is gonna have a chance to contend. But I I don't know, I don't know if it's a, if there's a thing that can happen on the coaching side, a philosophy side of things. I don't know what happens where this team starts just trying to put the ball in play. Like just get hits, just go up there and be aggressive and get hits and, and steal bases. And, and like, that was, what was the joy of that 2016 team? They manufactured runs. They manufactured runs. That was the best part of that team. Sure. You had power. You had Mike Napoli that was out there just gunning for the fences. And that was, that was a breakout power year for Lindor and all that. But like, you also you got Rajay stealing bases and you got Coco Crisp on that team. You got all these other guys that are making good plays, Kipnis and 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 yeah, Michael and I, Martinez. Let's go. But they could manufacture runs. This team doesn't manufacture runs. The you last know, thing you know what's different about this team than teams in the past is you take a guy like Cesar Hernandez, who I think in maybe some of the earlier 2010 football or uh, not football teams. <laughs> so the earlier 2010 Indians teams that were really good, like this might be like your eighth best player. Right. And now we're looking at Cesar, like, and, and this is not a knock against him at all. I, no, I he's, think he's, he's phenomenal. I love him at second. Yeah, he's been great. But we're looking at him like our third best player, fourth best pl- hitting player on the team right now. Like there's not a lot of options behind but him. Part of that is his approach though. He is, I personally, he's, He's not our best hitter because Jose is, but he's Cesar's got the best approach at the plate. Right. Cesar well, maybe, I, maybe I phrased that wrong. I, I'm saying that in past teams, we've had other people to fill those other roles. Correct. Yeah. Right? I see what you're saying. All right. So before we get off baseball talk and, and, and get ready to wrap up the podcast, really, because it's been awesome. Uh, there's one other thing that's happening with Indians fans right now that I, like, I want people to just jog their memories a little bit a guy that I still support to this day, Tyler Naquin down in Cincinnati with his, his new team, a a fellow Texas A&M Aggie. I will always root for Tyler Naquin. 
and I hope he puts together a full year. Indians fans need to jog the memories a little bit because Tyler Naquin was like the one guy that always got off to a hot start in Cleveland, if you'll remember. Yeah. Like, you'll remember we would get into like May, June, and Tyler Naquin would be like fifth in hitting in the American League. And like, <laughs> like he, he'd have all kinds of good stats. And then by the end of the year, he was hitting 205 and, and he hit one home run the rest of the year. Like, yeah. He's tearing it up right now, and good for him. And like I said, I hope he can continue that in Cincinnati. He's tearing it up for the Reds right now. But the amount of Indians fans I see that are like, we could have Tyler Naquin. And I'm like, we had Tyler Naquin, and he did this for us for like one month at a time. Yeah, just throw him a high fastball. He can't fucking hit it. Can we? And again, I'm not going to bad mouth Tyler Naquin. That's not what I'm here for. It's just the Indians fans that are like, Naquin wouldn't be the savior of this offense. He would play really well for a stretch and then be Tyler Naquin again. It's just, it's been so, I don't know if you guys have seen all the, cause he's off to a great start. I don't know if you guys have seen it, but man, it's been like, it makes me want to reach through my phone on Twitter and like shake people. Like, do you not remember <laughs> his time oh. in Cleveland? I, I just, I just saw it today. Like, I, and it's, I don't know. To me, that's like the people who are like, oh, well, passed on Mahomes when like we had no chance of taking him anyway. Like, it's just kind of like, <laughs> it, it, it's it's just kind of like that stuff. It's like, oh, well, we, we see him doing well. Why, why, we could, we could, we could have had him. We could have kept him. No, we couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, no, we couldn't. Uh, listen, uh, Indians one of the best things is it's baseball season. And, and so even if the Indians do struggle this year, we, I, I I'm going to be, I will be as rough about it as I need to. I'm not going to be overly negative. I'm still, well, hold on one minute. I was going to say, I'm still going to watch the games, but I can't freaking do that anymore because <laughs> Bally sports has taken all the games off of Fox sports go. And I can't even watch, I can't watch Indians games, Cavs games, oh. blue jackets games. It's Bally all gone. sports is a soul sucker. It's gone. They're, they're the ruiner dreams. I don't know how. Isn't Bally the fitness company? Aren't they supposed to be like a YMCA kind of thing? Yeah, I thought it was yeah. Bally. Like, like they dabble in everything. It's like a Bally, a casino. Uh, a they dabble. Sports. Yeah, they dabble. Get the fuck out of the TV world. Leave. <laughs> you caused nothing but chaos and heartbreak since you've joined bringing Cleveland sports to Clevelanders that can't watch it anymore. All of a sudden... I'm logging in with an AT&T U-verse login. I have watched every Cavs, every Blue Jackets game, and then the first couple Indians games on the Fox Sports Go app. Bally takes over. They say, oh, yeah, the stuff's still going to be on Fox Sports Go until we put out our app, and then it's gone. And then the worst part about it is, and I hope somebody from Bally Sports, we're tagging them in this shit. I hope somebody from Bally Sports hears this. The worst part is they're trying to just act like it's not happening. There's no announcements. There's no, there's no news. They're not coming out saying, Hey, we know you're upset that you can't watch your teams. Uh, here's what's going on. There's nothing. It's just like, no, whatever. Nothing's happening. You guys just can't watch your teams. Best of luck to you. Uh, it, it, this is awful. And the, the, the sad thing is I have no like recourse. Cause they're the only people that put on. It's not like I can go to a different provider. They're the ones that provide the game. Yeah. So there's no recourse to it. So I'm just sitting, I got all my whole setup here wanting to watch the games and I can't even watch the games. It's infuriating. Um, we'll, we'll get Andre not back on. He'll get to the bottom of it. 
please. Sorry. Oh, it's infuriating. I want to watch the games, but I can't. Anyways, there will be plenty of positives with the Indians. There's going to be negatives. We'll talk about all of it as we go. Uh, But yeah, uh, being as the Cavs are making their way towards hopefully a really good draft pick, the Blue Jackets are also apparently making their way towards a really good draft pick. Uh, Man. I, I mean, I, I'm not excited to see it. I mean, especially with a guest favorite that we have uh, on here. Nick Felino is possibly, you know, a, a, a trade asset here no. for the Blue Jackets. It'll be really, no. it'll be really sad to see him go. Don't want. But uh, yeah, I would, I like, I would, I would, I would be, I wouldn't be surprised if I'm a Blue Jackets fan to not to see to to. I would be surprised if I didn't see some fan favorites go here hey, in, Ch- uh, in the trade deadline. Chad, well, I want to ask you one question on hockey before we get to our three cheers of the week. Okay. Uh, and, and I read an interesting point, and I, I don't remember all the players that were listed, but it was a Blue Jackets account listing several players that are former Blue Jackets that okay. played for the Blue Jackets for a while that that never really caught on. Okay. That then went and played for other teams like Florida. Okay. That are just having killer seasons with their new teams. And okay. the point of the post was it was kind of a shot at torts. Kind of like there's a reason that these guys are good elsewhere, but they couldn't be good in in the Blue Jackets. Like, are are we seeing the end of an era in Columbus? Do you think? Um, maybe, maybe uh, expert I, analysis. I, that's it. That's it. That's going to be the Monty drop of the night. That's going to be the Monty drop. Just a dynamite <laughs> drop in Monty. Uh, I, I here. That's the thing. I don't know. It's like. I kind of agree with that post, but I also kind of disagree because of Torts's track record of success. Because, but a Torts just needs specific players in his system to be successful. Because you know, yeah, yeah, like you know, we've talked about it over and over again on this podcast. Torts, you know, he takes some warming up. He takes some getting used to when you're when you're new on his team, uh, and. I don't think it's it's a big surprise that a lot of players are successful elsewhere, uh, but I think it's also I, I I don't I don't totally agree with the post because of of Torch's track record of like I said Torch's track record of success. Obviously, he's he's gotten players to buy in in the past and has been wildly successful. So it's I don't know. It's kind of give it to I think it depends on the player. Like Alexander fucking Wenberg, my God. Right. <laughs> like, 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 like Weinberg is, is having a career year in Florida right now. Right. And I think that's, I think that's partly Quenville. And I also think that's partly all of the talent surrounding him. Uh, so yeah, I, I think it's, I think it's really circumstantial as to, as, as to whether it's, whether it's, you know, a, a torts thing, or if it's just like the players just didn't fit into his system. I think if they're in complete cell mode, he'd be gone already. You think? Like, I don't think they'd wait yeah. to finish the season out with him. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I think Yarmo is kind of hanging on a little bit uh, just because Torts has, <coughs> excuse me, Torts has built, um, Torts has uh, uh, dug them out of holes in the past. So I think he is hanging on. I mean, at least waiting until the end of the season. So, yeah, I mean, we'll see what happens. But uh, a lot of Blue Jackets fans are definitely calling or towards his head this year. Uh, yeah. And it's understandable because of the, the, the roller coaster that this year has been. But, well, yeah. Um, and it's not just, it's not just been the the lack of success. Yeah. I don't think anybody saw the blue jackets 
having this much of a problem winning games this year. Right. Uh, but it's been the, it's been the benchings. It's been the, when the Blue Jackets are good, they have that bond and they all are on the same page and they play on the same page. They're sticky. They're tough. Even yeah. if they're not the best goal scoring team, they're one of the best defensive teams. They've been none of that this year. They, yeah. they're, they're discombobulated all over the place. Their defense yeah. hasn't been good. Uh, they're, they're leaving their goalies out to dry. They've got phenomenal goalies that are just getting hung out there. Uh, mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's been a, it's been a, it's been one of those everything that can go wrong will go wrong kind of years for the for the Blue Jackets, yeah. Uh, and we'll see. I I hope it's Felino, man. I hope they I hope they figure out a way to keep Felino in Columbus. He that he he means too much to that organization. But anyways, again, the little Blue Jackets. The Cavs are coming to an end. Get over to our TikTok and our social medias. Follow along with our posts uh, as. Chad normally recaps all the Blue Jackets games. I normally recap the Cavs. And Joey's going to recap all the Indian series uh, so he doesn't have to do 162 recaps. Uh, So get over and follow those. But, uh, yeah, boys, that's pretty much going to do it. We just got our last segment of the night, and we'll get out of here. Our last segment of the night is our three cheers of the week where we just talk about something that made us happy, something good that happened this week. Uh, And so, uh, Joe, you look like you've got a cheer of the week. Uh, lined up, so I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna let you start. How about that? I'm prepared for class today. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna cheer. Uh, good statistics <laughs> and stats and data. Yay, stats and data. The data doesn't lie. Uh, and this goes out to uh, Scott Sable, the meteorologist for Fox Eight. Uh, <laughs> he just wanted this, like, just like not a little rant, but just posted these beautiful graphs and uh, uh, images depicting maybe just like some interesting thoughts about the Indians and this, I'm not, I'm not trying to harp on the negative of the Indians. Right. (laughs) But uh, he posted a couple. One was just everyone's contract side by side and our control for that player. And (laughs) there's not a single player guaranteed after this year, which is just so interesting and such a, uh, uh, a scary sight to see because to me that just screams rebuild and whatever part of that lineup doesn't do well is gone. Okay. And whatever part of that lineup can be sold will be sold. So that's a little scary. Uh, and the other things he posted were just really interesting. It's uh, he posted a graph that had um, batting averages of like every team from like, I don't know, like 1930 to the present, every baseball team every year. And he posted their batting average when the ball is in play. Right. So right. not counting strikeouts, not counting yep. uh, file outs. And B-A-B-I-P. The, the two outliers with the worst batting averages uh, were the 2020 Indians and the 2020 Pirates out of 90 years of data? <laughs> oh no! Those two teams were the worst of last year, and it kind of like puts me in a mindset. It's like, oh my god, like the Indians pitching are really carrying us all year. But uh, it's not something to, like super freak out about. I just love data, and I think it's super interesting when it's visualized like that. Yeah, uh, and just kind of puts the team into perspective about where they are. Listen, cheers to stats. <sighs> Stats and yeah, data. Stats. Get some cheers. I don't know if you should be drinking your beer or your whiskey after that, but you know what? Why don't you take a swig of both? 
Uh, all right, yeah. Chad, what's your cheer of the week? Man, talk about an owner that's worse than Dolan, Bob Nutting. I think that's like the only <laughs> worse owner in baseball Jeez. Oh, than that. But uh, wait, what? Jeez, what? Jeez, is that bad? Was that bad? I was going to say, what are you cheersing? It's a cheers oh. of the week. Oh, I am going to cheers uh, world peace. No, <laughs> You're so stupid. Jesus Christ! How noble of you! Yeah, right. Yeah. No, I'm gonna cheers. I, I don't know. I'll cheers the Baylor Bears for winning their first ever national championship. Why not in the Mar- in March Madness? We didn't recap March Madness, guys. Well, we didn't recap you know what? March Madness. You know what? To be real honest with you, there's yeah. not a ton to recap except for that last game. What about not what? even Gonzaga and UCLA though? The greatest what college ba- basketball game ever. What Baylor did to Gonzaga. In that mm-hmm. last game, Baylor played, in my opinion, one of the greatest basketball games I have ever seen a team play. Yeah. NBA or college. Okay. Physically, it was the most, you don't talk too much about the physicality. I know people love to talk about, oh, the 80s were physical in the NBA or whatever. No, that were just slow white guys that were slamming into each other. Like, that's so, how, that was the physicality. So the, fun. So a lot of fun. You don't see the physicality so much in basketball nowadays. Baylor was so much more physical than Gonzaga. They were so much faster and stronger. And every time they shot the ball, it felt like it went in. It was it was literally, I think it was the most impeccable game of basketball. And kudos to Gonzaga because the way Baylor played, I thought Gonzaga was going to lose by like 30. And they just kept coming back and they'd get to within nine and then Baylor would just boom, like Take it right back. So I'm with you. I like your cheer of the week. Congrats to the Baylor Bears on literally one of the greatest basketball performances I have ever watched by a whole team. What about Baylor? What about UCLA and Gonzaga? Did you watch a game? Yeah, great game. Yeah, okay. All right. Like, okay. All right. Well, can we stop arguing? God, fine. What about Oral Roberts? What about Oral Roberts? Man, I, <laughs> listen, listen, I'll tell you what. It got to the point where I was just like, you know what? Let Oral Roberts win the whole goddamn thing. Of course. (laughs) It's like that every year. There's always some low seed that makes a run into the Sweet 16 or the Elite Eight. And I'm like, yeah, let them win it. And then they don't. And you know what? I mean, they were really close to beating Arkansas. (laughs) So it was just like, let's just keep it going. But anyways. All right. So so you got to cheer for Baylor. And I'm going to cheer something that just can make everybody happy. Cleveland, Ohio. World it was peace. Like 80, it was like 80 degrees and sunny today. Yeah. And, and Joe started with a meteorologist. I'll finish with the weather. Uh, I look at this forecast and like, it's like, oh, next week it's like, oh, it's going to get down into the 60s. <laughs> like, we're there. We made yeah. it, everybody. We yeah. did it and we made it. And there probably is going to be one more stretch of cold or whatever. But then we're done. It's going to be 80 again tomorrow. I've been outside for the last couple of days. I'm working outside. Everything is great when the weather gets nice. We've been eating out on the patios, whatever. So my cheer is just the end of another long winter, a cold winter. uh, And uh, just when the sun comes out and you can put some shorts on and go outside and not be freezing cold, uh, that, that puts a smile on your face. So my cheers goes to springtime and decent weather. So those are our three cheers of the week. That's going to do it for episode 60. It was a blast. Thank you again to Troy Hill, new Cleveland Brown cornerback. Go follow him on his socials and look for him in the orange and brown. 
the Browns are going to be coming out with a new building. The Browns, I'm sure he'll be featured pretty predominantly in that. So check that out. Um, uh, thanks to you guys, Joe, Chad. And as always, we give thanks to you, the listeners, uh, for tuning in, for supporting us. If you wouldn't mind, go share us with your friends. Give us a review. Leave us a rating. Uh, anything you can do helps to get people listening. Uh, we appreciate that. We also thank the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network. Go check out Belly Up Sports. That's where we are featured. Uh, But for Joe down there in Nashville, Tennessee, at Garage Beers, Joe. For Chad on the east side of Cleveland at Garage Beers, Chad. I am Michael Keefe at Garage Beers. Mike, go follow the show at The Garage Beers on all of our socials. Until next week, episode 61. That's going to do it for us. Cheers, everybody. Cheers.